White Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you are watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure you tune in. You're listening to the Ballroom Network. The following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Kaminsky dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can hit on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley. And what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to South Burbs Hitmen. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by my White Sox brother-in-arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi. Vinny, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing fantastic today, Joseph. Uh, you know, I always think uh, – I said this yesterday out loud, and I mean it. And it's kind of sad that I mean it, but whenever the White Sox win, it just improves my mood. I don't know why. I wish I wasn't this way. I wish I could just yeah. be like a normal person who sure. like – you know, just brushes it off a team that I really can't control the outcome of. I just, you know, enjoy them so much that when they win, it improves my mood and they won today. So here we are doing a show on a good mood, kind of following a pretty cruddy week. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see things start. I feel like the, the everything's kind of starting to turn around a little bit. And before we dive into that, our co-host uh, uh, Stephen Zimmerman and Gonzo can't be with us tonight, but they're always with us in spirit. So appreciate you boys. But, uh, you know, after the brutal week and there, it was ups and downs this week, it kind of feels like the bats are kind of starting to reawaken here. You know, you, had, you see Tim Anderson starting to rake this week. Uh, Luis Robert comes back from injury and he's starting to rake. You know, Vinny, are the tides turning now that we're in the month of May? I think so. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say they're out of the woods yet. They only scored three runs, but it felt like they scored more than that. When T.A. sets the tone by getting on base in his first at-bat of the game, to me that speaks volumes. He set the tone yesterday in their attempted comeback. They came one run short. Um, when you have Anderson and Robert cooking at the top of the lineup, I mean, it's hard to stop this offense. I mean, I'm looking at the thing today. 
and Anderson had one, Robert had three, Abreu had one, Engel had one. You really, if Pollock gets going like he was in the first two weeks of the sea or the first two days of the season, that'll be great. And then we saw Yasmani Grandal get off to a stinky start last year in terms of batting mm-hmm. average, which I think batting average is a bad stat anyway. Show me a high OPS, and I, I care much more about that. Um, Definitely. Um, Yasmani Grandal, he'll, he'll get hot, he'll start hitting bombs, he'll probably be second or third on the team in home runs. I'm not even slightly worried about him. So you know, once all these things start to come together, their offense is going to be cooking and nobody's stopping their pitching. I, I know Dallas Keuchel stinks and Vince Velasquez is hit or miss, but their top four, I'd run it against any top four in the American League, and I I totally mean that. I mean, some Yankee fan troll quote tweeted my tweet today saying the same thing, saying all three of them, all four of them would be the number four on the Yankees. And then I was like, is he being a troll or is he being for real? I look at the Yankee stats. I'm like, all three of Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito, and Dylan Cease would be leading the New York Yankees in earned run average. Leading the New York Yankees. Yeah. They would all be the number two by virtue of the guy making the highest, the most money in Major League pitching contract history. It would be their number one by default, Garrett Cole. But, like, don't, don't, don't get me started. Those guys are all awesome. Well, and what the Yankees offense has done to start the year, you take that away – this team is probably the last in the East right now, right? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I Baltimore is garbage, and the Red Sox. The Red Sox are the American League East version of the White Sox right now. They yeah. have pretty good pitching night in and night out, but and I think Nathan Eovaldi's a beast for the most part. But and they have Chris Sale coming eventually. But their offense has just been horrid. So yeah. and I and it's the type of offense with like names like. Uh, J- J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers, they could turn it around too. So I'm not trying to make uh, Justin from Bad Guy Radio a little too uh, happy me talking about the Red Sox in such a high manner like that. But, you know, it is what it is. They're my second favorite team too. But, um, you know, the White Sox, they're in the same boat. They got to get that offense going, and I believe that that will happen. Uh, Vincent says that it's Garrett Cole and a bunch of question marks. I kind of agree with that. I think Montgomery's a great pitcher, and he's proving to actually yeah. kind of become something right now. And Severino has just been injured. But before Severino got hurt for the very first time, he was an awesome pitcher for the New York Yankees. So if those three guys could kind of round out the top of their rotation, I do think the New York Yankees will be a dangerous team going forward. That was one of my issues for them going in. But, you know. Yeah. You know, uh <laughs> Similar starts, and I don't think this is the last we're going to talk about the Red Sox all year. Well, especially because they're playing them this weekend. Yeah, but they'll they'll be back. I, I have a strong feeling that they will be. That division is going to be a lot more interesting than people think. Um, same thing with the American League Central. Uh, nothing is sunken and broken yet. It's been a tough start, but we'll get there. Uh, but I think everyone can agree that every day that Dylan Cease hits the mound, Vinny, it kind of feels like uh, Mary Seasmith. So the guy is just absolutely brought it to the table time and time again. That Cubs trade is looking more and more lopsided by the day. Uh, I mean, we saw that development last year. He kind of took that step. You know, what What did you see out of Dylan Cease today? And right after you answer, we'll get to our, our guest who's just joined us. Yeah. Uh, last year, Dylan Cease took two steps, in my opinion. There was the first like month or so of the season 
And then he really started to turn it on around August. So, and then today he was brilliant, but we could get back to Dylan Cease. We could bring in our guest. I know we don't want to keep yeah. patiently waiting for too long. Yeah, no, for sure. So everyone tune in, you guys know we have a special guest tonight. So we're going to welcome uh, Ashlyn Carmella. Uh, you're the CEO of the Goldfinger Technology Corporation and the better half of Jake Berger. Thank <laughs> you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. No, no problem. We're uh, when when I saw you you're on Twitter, I had to shoot you a note, and you responded right away. So I was like, "Awesome, <laughs> that'd be great to have you on the show." I am um, just figuring Twitter out. I really only made a Twitter to troll Jake, so he was. Yes, he's like we'll get so into that. Funny on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, That's we're gonna dabble point. into that in a little bit here, but uh, just before we talk baseball, you know, you're the CEO of the Goldfinger Technology Corporation with a background in real estate. Uh, you're going to be launching the Homer app in the future. So before we get into the baseball talk, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about the app and you know how it's going to be a game changer in the real estate industry? Yes. So I can't say as much as I wish that I could right now about That's all right. it. Um, but Homer was really created and made to evolve the way that real estate is practiced at this moment for consumers and for agents. And I think that's about as much as I can say at this sure. point in time. <laughs> oh, that's hey, that's that's something that's given people a little taste. So more, you guys more to will come. Be the first to know, absolutely, you guys will be the first. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, White Sox fans, as you know, we're a rowdy bunch. I'm sure you've noticed that from being at a couple games. Yeah. But what you may not know yes. about us <laughs> is that us White Sox fans also love a good love story. So how did you meet Jake? <laughs> uh, Jake was inside my house, half naked when we met. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's quite the story. And if he was here, he'd say it wasn't his best half either. Um, that's his favorite line when he tells the ah. story. <laughs> um, but long story short, I live in Florida now. We live in Florida now for like two months out of the year. And then we're back in Nashville. And at the time, um, I was in Florida. And my best friend from California, where I grew up, was in town for a baseball wedding. And her boyfriend at the time played for the Braves organization, I think. So, you know, the baseball world's all interconnected. And they were staying at my house here. And the, all the men in, like, the groomsmen party went to golf, like, around the corner of my house that day. Nice. Um, and maybe didn't time themselves as well as they should have. And on the way back from the golf course, I got the call from her boyfriend. Hey, is it okay if I bring my friend over to shower? Also, we all have to head to the rehearsal dinner. It's like, nice. yeah, a shirt. Um, so I had <laughs> walked in the door um, from my office that day. And as I was walking in the house, Jake was walking out of my bath guest bathroom in a town. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh wow yeah so that that's an interesting first I, I i'm not gonna lie i think white Sox fans would, would appreciate that story <laughs> it is uh so crazy and we've gone back so many times now we talk about all the time all the little things that happened that week he almost didn't go to that wedding um my house had flooded like the week before there's all those like little moments we're like whoa crazy and it was absolutely love at first sight for, for both of us <laughs> Oh, and look at the wild ride you guys have taken. That's that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, White Sox fans, we got to love that. Um, you mentioned some of the – you're creating a Twitter to, to, to kind of troll Jake. 
Um, yes. You posted a poll on Twitter earlier this year <laughs> to settle a debate in your house. Um, nail clippers yeah. or nail scissors. <laughs> um, so I got to know the backstory on this one because it sounds absolutely hilarious. So tell us about <laughs> nail clippers versus nail scissors. You can see what won, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. The normal thing here is what won. Um, yeah. We were <laughs> in Nashville. It was snowing, I think. We got snowed in and um, Jake needed <laughs> to clip or trim his nails. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he walked out of the bathroom and was like, hey, where are the nail scissors? And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, like the nail scissors i was like what planet are you on he goes that's what they're called it's like no those are nail clippers he's like no they're nail scissors i was like no one says that and he's like well that's what my mom called them i'm like okay well if she called them nail scissors then they're 100 nail scissors but i think 98 percent of the world thinks that's psychotic <laughs> so yeah. i think i'm just in the chat would agree <laughs> yeah so i uh thought that it would be a great way to, I think that might've been one of my first few tweets too. So uh, according yeah. to Jake, I didn't word things appropriately for the Twitterverse. Oh. And he thinks if I had said things right on that poll, maybe there would have been a different outcome, but I think he's the only person that thinks that plus the 3%. Yeah, so <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I've never heard it called that. So I, I had to pull that tweet because it definitely made me laugh when I first saw it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, that's wild. So fun stuff there. Um, so, so obviously probably you could argue that no one knows Jake better than you. So let me ask you this last year, Freddy's a restaurant near guaranteed rate field in Bridgeport created the Yerminator burger for Yermin Mercedes. If they were to introduce the Jake burger burger, what should the <laughs> toppings be on that burger? This is so funny. I had this conversation with Jake maybe 45 minutes ago while he oh, was playing well, FIFA. Then great um, timing. <laughs> he did a podcast this morning and they asked him the same question. Um, really? So I'm, they did. So I'm going to say exactly what you said and where he went to school um, in Missouri. They actually did name a burger after him. Oh. And I guess one of the toppings was mac and cheese. And I said, that sounds so oddly gross that it might be really good and that makes total sense so i would go along with that wow the mac and cheese burger we got to do mac that and cheeseburger yeah i don't Freddy, know Freddy's... how that would taste <laughs> yeah i, I, I i'm not gonna lie I, I think i may have had that at guy fieri's place in vegas but it, it's definitely it's definitely interesting it's got to be crispy yeah. though um, if it was yeah it had to be like fried or something exactly it's all about it's all about the texture um, but uh, I'm going to pass you over the fence real quick to my co-host, Vinny Parisi. Uh, Vinny, why don't, why don't you ask a few questions, my friend? First of all, Ashlyn, thank you very much for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, so last year, Jake Berger was kind of a story around baseball, right? Everybody was so proud of him, and he had the two pretty significant injuries after being drafted so high by the White Sox. And some people wondered if, you know, how would his career end up going with all these injuries that he sustained? He overcame it. He made it to the major leagues. And not only did he make it to the major leagues, he did very good while he was there. And, you know, he played well in AAA, MLB, wherever he was. And then this year he makes the roster out of camp 
after Johan Moncada got injured and he's playing third base and he's doing a great job. And I just want to know from your perspective, talk about his injury and what it means to you that he actually made it to the major leagues dealing with all that and pursuing it and going through with it and overcoming what was probably a pretty difficult time. I can tell you that the reason I fell in love with Jake and as quickly as I did was because of the man that he is. And it wasn't because he got to the majors and had this crazy successful, or he's, you know, going through something that most people don't get the opportunity to do after they've been injured so many times. Um, it's 100% his mentality about it. I mean, he could be in double A and be as happy as he is right now. Like he, when he says, I'm just happy to play. He is really just happy to be there. Like every single morning he gets up and he's just excited to go to work. Um, and I think it's so easy to be so down in those moments, which it is. And he had a lot of those moments, which he's so open about talking about as well. Um, but I think for him, like, to do what he's doing right now and to do what he did last year um, is one thing, but I know that he is more proud of just getting out of the, that state of mind that could have been really debilitating long, in the long run. Like he like really is like such an incredible man when it comes to that. I mean, honestly, like I see him do it every day, like even in, I want to say quarantine. It's not quarantine. It was just um, the limbo where we were in lockout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, felt like, it felt like quarantine. <laughs> um, <laughs> he just was just excited. He said, I don't, you know, I like, I, obviously I, I have a goal and getting where I want to get and, and doing what I want to do. But at the end of the day, like coming back and persevering through what I have is, is far more of an accomplishment. So I mean, it really is an ode to his character. He is exactly what he says. <laughs> That's outstanding. I love to hear that. And you could kind of tell just by watching post-game interviews, whether it be when he was with the Knights or wherever it was that his journey took him to get back to Major League Baseball. And then you brought up quarantine, like playing 2020 with – was it in Schaumburg, I think? Like he had to deal with all that. So – it was interesting, but, you know, he's in the major leagues now and he's getting set to play against the Chicago Cubs. And yeah. everybody knows that that is just an incredible time in the city. Um, everybody on both sides of town just enjoys it to the max. I'm curious, are you excited to see Jake play against the Cubs in the Crosstown Classic? What are you expecting to see? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um <laughs> I think the thing I say to him every day before he leaves the uh, hotel room is, can you just make the fireworks go off? Um, that's like my <laughs> absolute favorite thing. Um, and the days that the fireworks go off are like really awesome days. Um, I didn't, I, I had never gone to a major league baseball game ever until the opening day in Detroit. Um, and, and so I, I learned maybe a couple weeks ago that you could steal bases. Like I really, don't didn't understand baseball the way I do like right now traveling with him and being with him um, as much as I am um, or the beauty of this game I mean like everything that really goes into it and I know I get to see a side that most people don't you learn someone that's does, never watched a sport in her life not even really a Super Bowl except for the commercials like I really have found a such a respect for this game 
Um, so to hear about this crosstown rivalry, it's been something I've heard about for a really long time to be a part of it in, in that environment. I'm super excited for it. And I don't think they do fireworks when the opposing team hits a home run. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish, but I know that I would love to see that there too. So, Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So you mentioned you got to get to guaranteed rate field for the first time. Um, that place is known outside of being just a great place to watch baseball. It's known for how awesome the food is. So I'm curious if you got to try any of the, any of the cuisine going on over there. It's a little um, different than just your typical hot dog and beer, but I am making my way slowly around the stadium. So I'll be like section by section. I'm like, I heard there's a really good barbecue place like over in like the outfield. So that's yep, kind yes. of where I'm heading next week when we get back from Boston. <laughs> Um, but I have probably been enjoying the baseball cuisine too much. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And even no hot thing. chocolate there. Love their hot chocolate. It's really good as well. Oh, see, I've never tried the hot chocolate at Guaranteed Rayfield before. I had a rainbow cone for the first time. You should check that out. Ooh, that I will. I love pistachio. Yeah, that's outstanding. Uh, left field? Yeah, left field behind the bullpen. Left. Section that's 158, I yep. believe. That's where you find it. Just don't say anything to Liam when he's warming up. He warned me not to talk to him <laughs> while he's in the bullpen warming up. He's like, I'll yeah, don't sure. talk to me now. <laughs> I'll make sure not to do that. <laughs> Back to you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so so Ashley, baseball players as a whole are, are very superstitious. So I was curious if, if Jake has any like superstitions when it comes to baseball around the house. Um. Not around the house. He's incredible. Like when he's home, that guy is home. Like he wants to play video games. Oh, there you uh, go. Or we watch, or we watch a movie or something. I mean, honestly, when he gets home from the field, there's nothing that really changes. In the morning, before the game, nothing really changes. All of Jake's superstitions lie um, at the field when he's getting ready. Like I think he puts his like left pant on before his right pant. Like there's like ah. there's like little little things like that. Um, I think his dad and I are more superstitious than probably Jake is. So if like you know he gets out or something, we're like switching seats and like crossing sections and doing all these like weird things along yeah. those lines. But I can relate uh, to that. Jake, most of his superstitions are like when he is there or his bubble gum that he chews if he gets oh, out what does he chew? and gets a new piece. It's like the oh, double okay. bubble. Yeah. Yep. If he gets out, he gets a new piece. If he's still in, he's still chomping on the same piece. <laughs> That's funny. How bad did you make that. how bad did you make fun of him when his head got the sunburn in the shape of his hat? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the original photo that wasn't taken at that field is way worse um, because it, it was in our Airbnb in spring training and we were he was sitting at the edge of the bed setting up our like the movie for the night and I like just started dying laughing and I took a picture and was like you've got to see this <laughs> um, it was so funny the aftermath of that where it was on like TMZ and people.com was hilarious because his poor head was just like <laughs> some people were posting the funniest things like 
the memes of him where like he was his head was like war voldemort or like uh i mean so creative that's hilarious twitter is pretty funny twitter is funny <laughs> well, especially <laughs> white Sox twitter. It. yeah i've i've have not had any like mean tweets or anything along those lines um at all everything from the Sox fans has been so funny it's like well i love engaging with you guys now so that's right we're we're a rowdy bunch so what jake jake fits our style <laughs> of baseball so we, we love that um you know i i you talked about you know jake when he's not here when, or when he's not playing i mean um I got to know, is Jake a beer or a cocktail guy? Because I can kind of see him slamming a six-pack six of Budweiser with Lance Lynn in the bullpen or something, you know. Uh, what, what's, what's his drink of choice? No, Jake is a bourbon guy. He ah, loves well, a glass of bourbon. I guess it makes yep. sense. Yep, he loves a bourbon. Wow. All yep. right. We'll have to, we'll, we'll have to yeah. make a Jake Burger cocktail, like an old-fashioned or something. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him have a beer. Honestly, wow. like I don't think I've ever seen him have beer. Every once in a blue moon, we'll have a glass of wine with like steak or something. But for the most part, like loves the bourbon, loves bourbon. Awesome. <laughs> Does he actually like burgers? <laughs> yeah, I think that's his favorite food. He loves a like he loves a lot of food, but I think burgers are up there. That's funny. Burgers and steaks. It's, it's the namesake, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't let you go without knowing that i mean he's got if he didn't like burgers that'd be something wrong he'd have to change his name he would yeah i yeah. mean i also don't think you need your last name to be burger to enjoy a good burger like what's the matter this with is fact. Like a burger? <laughs> and he usually wants to go for a good burger that's awesome <laughs> well living in or at least playing a lot of games in chicago he's got plenty to choose from that's for sure oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, yeah you briefly mentioned that he's he's a video game guy what's what's his game of choice at the moment um, I think today it's FIFA. <laughs> okay. Um, he loves soccer, like or football. Um, I'm getting used to that. He like loves soccer. In the lockout, lockout, we watched a lot of soccer. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's kind of it, right? That's the only one I heard. When he plays video games, it's really just check out from where he is. So sure. I try not to disturb him unless I really need attention. Then it's like, hey, you got to like pay attention to me instead of play the video games. <laughs> That's fair. When, when he's like on the road or at home, whatever it be, what is it like mm -hmm. to be a part of that life from your point of view? I, I'm sure there are other wives and girlfriends, significant others that, you know, would probably all have different answers. But from your point of view, what, what does that look like? Um. Jake is just so different from anyone I've ever met. And he includes me in everything. Like when he does, like when we're on the road, um, he does like the, he's like, I don't know what they're called, but he like looks at the pictures he might be facing in the upcoming sure. week, right? And yeah, he'll like make a point. Yes, scouting report. So yeah. he'll make a point to sit there and explain like wh why they pitched that pitch and when they would pitch that pitch and include me on all of those things. And that's why I've learned to appreciate the game so much. I mean, up until this point of this season, I thought it was really just catching and hitting balls. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now I'm seeing a completely different side of it, which makes me respect what he does for work every single day. Um, and to watch 
I mean, all of those guys, um, the work ethic, what goes into it, you're there. Like he has a six o'clock game and Jake's there at 1130. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's all day. We don't leave this field until 1130 midnight based off of his, when, like when the game ends and his routine after. So it's, it's a lot. Um, you get, I'm sharing him with everybody else more than like, I think most would with their significant other. Um, but to see him and his joy for what he does is like, so it's so worth it every day, but it's, it's really fun. It's grueling. Sometimes it's really exhausting. I think he had like a five or six day stretch there last week until yesterday they gave it to him off. And it was just like, I kind of see him waddle in the morning out of bed, (laughs) get ready to go back out there again. So it's, it's pretty incredible. He's earned it, though. There's no doubt about it. I mean, when someone significant on the team like Mancada goes down and it's like, okay, what are we going to do here? And he hits as well as he does in spring training. It's like, well, that was easy. And he's playing good defense. So I think he's earned everything he's got. I'm happy that he overcame two pretty nasty injuries. And, you know, it's good to have him on our team. He seems to embrace the life of being a White Sox. Was he not a White Sox fan before being drafted by the White Sox? Do I have that correctly? No, I actually asked him that like yesterday, oddly enough. I was like, what team did you like before this one? He's like, actually the White Sox. Yeah, I thought so. I (laughs) remember hearing that when he was first drafted, like, oh, Iowa, right? Uh, It was in Missouri. Missouri, Missouri. Missouri, yeah. So it's certainly not far at all. And yeah, that that's awesome. I can't even imagine playing for a team I like that much. And he played hockey growing up too, and they would always come up to Chicago for their hockey tournaments. And so I don't know, he's a big Blackhawks fan and not a Bears fan, Packers fan, which he's very vocal about. Um, but <laughs> I would be too. I'm not gonna lie. Even though I disagree <laughs> with him, like I would be too. I'd brag. It's funny. I was going to ask if you guys like enjoyed or if he or you enjoyed watching other sports. You mentioned he liked football, but um, yeah, the Nashville Predators, they're they're pretty good. Yeah. Jake loves hockey. I went to my first hockey game, the Predators game this Mm -hmm. season. Nice. Um, That was amazing. That was so much fun. And then we have a couple friends that play actually for the Packers and the Bears. And so it's been kind of fun to watch that's it's different i feel like when you for me at least because i don't understand football as much as i didn't understand baseball really so it's a little (laughs) bit more fun when i'm like oh hey he's getting tackled um but yeah so we do jake just loves soccer and hockey that's cool that's awesome you you, you talked about the season and, and sharing jake with everyone else but like what's what's an off season like i think that's the one thing like as a baseball fan, you think like, you know, everyone automatically thinks like, oh yeah, he's just sitting home. He does they don't do anything. But these guys, they gotta no. stay in shape in the off season. What's what's that like? I, I'm just curious. Uh, I fight Jake um, from the Peloton. <laughs> 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 so he's going after each other's records or what? <laughs> no, I don't get on the Peloton. I just like he's on the Peloton three times oh. a day. Yeah. He gets up, he's on the Peloton, lunch Peloton, right before bed Peloton. He loves the Peloton. Um, right before the season gear, like starts, he gears up doing batting and like a different type of training, like a little bit more intensive. Um, but besides his training, we honestly just, we go hike. Um, he plays with the dog. We read a lot. Um, 
he doesn't game as much in the off season. I think it's more of like a checking out kind of thing. Um, and we really just like get outside. He loves to play tennis with his mom and his sister. Um, it's like a lovely family battle. So he's super active. That's cool. Um, I'm wondering, have you gotten a chance to meet any of his teammates at the major league level? If you have, who's the biggest weirdo who's funny and have you gotten to meet (laughs) Tony LaRusso? Um, I have not met Tony like, hi, nice to meet you. But I, he sees me all the time. So he like does the wave. Uh Um, I have met a lot of like Jake's close friends. So like Andrew and Gavin um, and Danny and Reese. And we did like a birthday dinner for Jake right when we got back into town from the Detroit opening series. Um, And all of those guys are awesome. He's got a cool team. Yeah. I haven't met a lot, some of them because they like the timings are off. Like Uh Jake really is in the clubhouse like an hour and a half after the game doing his recovery. (laughs) So everyone's (laughs) kind of like have already exited by the time I'm picking him up or we're getting ready to go. That's funny. I was hoping you would just come on and be like, yeah, so-and-so's a weirdo. He doesn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Liam's really nice, which I'm sure you guys know. He's funny. Um, yeah. But besides that, really, I'm obsessed with Josh Harrison and his family. Like, he is amazing, that guy. His family is amazing. His mom and dad are amazing. His aunt and brother are amazing. Um, he's probably my favorite person on that team. I know I'm not supposed to pick favorites, but yeah no you can pick favorites it's funny uh, <laughs> uh he's growing on me too i enjoyed obviously he's new to the team and i've seen him play for the pirates and all that stuff but he had that play today where he hit it and he trotted into second base doing like a high kick step and it was just so <laughs> funny he really got the he's team a going guy. he's yeah, a great guy like spending time with his parents while they're like at a game you just see why he is such like such a cool dude too absolutely that's incredible. Yeah, uh, no one, I'm, no one that I've met that I'm like, that guy's weird. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> uh, before, before we get you out of here, I, I wanted to dive into a little bit uh, the talk about mental health. Cause I know Jake is a big proponent for that um, and kind of getting your mental health in a good place, especially after everything that he went through. So I was just curious, you know, what, uh, you know, how, how encouraging is that to see, you know, Jake, so, so forward about his mental health and, uh, and after seeing him go through all that, you know, just how cool is it to see where he is now? It just, I think speaks volumes as to who he is. He's so transparent about everything and he's just, everything he, Jake does comes from like a bet, like his like best interest is to like really care for other people. He's so genuine about everything he does. Um, so for him to be so open about it, my admiration and respect for him, like, which was already there skyrocketed. Um, and he has conversations with fans all the time, like in their DMs on Twitter, like he really goes out of his way to like, let people know that they're heard and understood. Um, and to have a partner like that, um, like, I can't wait for him to be the father of my children. Like he really makes a great safe space (laughs) for everybody. Um, to have that like a lot of conversations even when i'm having bad days like he really does a good job at forcing me to sit down and talk about it um but i don't want to but he's uh everything that you would assume of jake is from his character is is spot on like he really does mean what he says and 
burger bombs is a, such a big passion for him. And I know it's something that he's going to be super um, adamant about pursuing through his career and after. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and that, that might be the most beautiful thing I've ever had on this show. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm with in all seriousness. You know, that was that was really amazingly wholesome and beautiful. So, thank you for that. And yeah, it's great. Jake's got his foundation and everything going on. It's 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 really really cool to see a major league player focusing on on mental health. Um, it's just it's just it's not talked about enough these days. I think we could all agree uh, about that. But Ashton, we thank you so much for giving us so much of your time tonight. Um, before you get out of here, um, feel free talk about what you have going on. I know you podcast with Jake. Uh, talk about what you have going on in your life. Um, we have a lot of things going on. A lot of them revolve around Just a baseball. Few. <laughs> Just a few. Um, I think in the next couple weeks there will be a lot more that we're both ready to expand on talking about. I will leave that. Um, for Jake to do. I know he's excited to have some of those first conversations. So I've got to leave him a little room. Yeah. Hey, yeah. He's a little jealous that I was doing a podcast tonight, not him. So I'll leave him hey. some room. He can come on, he can come on at any time. If you want to let him know. He yeah. will. You're putting he a good will. word for us. <laughs> I will for sure. But uh, thank you so much for giving us as much time as you did. It was a great conversation. I know the chat was, you know, lit up with questions and, and a couple suggestions for food for you. Sean said to try the new Cuban sandwich. Uh, it's really good. I will be and doing that. let's see. Uh, and Justin said, it's definitely soccer, <laughs> sis. Don't let him call it football. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's called football, though. That just makes no sense. It's literally called I'm, I'm Team Jake on that. No, it's called football. <laughs> There's football and there's American football. That's what it's called. It's, yeah, I understand, head... but I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make well, a sign for a game. Next time I'm sitting real close, I'm going to make a sign that says, Jake, I call it football too. And he's going to be like, how the hell does this guy know that? Hell yeah. He'll read that. He'll laugh. It'll make, you'll get funny. that smirk from him. <laughs> and, I'll stay, and I'll have a sign next to you. Say, hey, Jake, you want to play FIFA? He's gonna be like, how does this guy know I play FIFA? And this is his uh, username, so yeah, exactly. But Ashton, thank you so much for everything tonight. Uh, we look forward to at some point running into you in the ball at the ballpark. And yeah. uh, if you guys don't follow Ashlyn on Twitter, make sure you give her a follow at Ashlyn Carmella. Also on Instagram, where she has a lot more followers than I will ever have. So uh, make sure you go give Ashlyn a follow. Uh, Ashton, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to have you on again at some point in the future. Sounds good. Hopefully Jake will join us next time. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. I'll talk right. to you guys soon. <laughs> we'll do. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Right. Ashlyn Carmella, everybody. Talk about a fantastic guest. Getting great insight into the life. The woman behind the man and the man behind the woman. You know, it was a beautiful love story that... Uh, Everything she had to talk about, Jake, man, like literally when I say that it was the most beautiful thing that's ever happened on the show, like oh, yeah. my heart grew three sizes bigger like the Grinch. Yeah. I mean, the competition is like me and Gonzo arguing over stuff, but like, yeah, of course it was the most beautiful thing on the show. <laughs> I mean, when you say it that way, it sounds like no competition, <laughs> but you know. No, there, there's been some beautiful moments on this show. I'm just totally kidding. But that absolutely was very good. 
she was just gleaming talking about him. And I, I liked getting a little bit of like perspective from her as well. Like, you know, what do you do on the road? You know, how does it impact your life? How do you support? Like, she just was very thoughtful with her answers and I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. It sounds like they might have some cool stuff to announce on the podcast front. Uh, it's a little teaser there at the end that Jake's got stuff to announce. So, you know, that's, that's always cool. And, Heck, she left the door open to have Jake come on the show. We'll get so. him on. We'll, now, now that that's planted in my brain, we're going to get him on. Yeah, I mean, we'll get Jake. <laughs> we're not done with players. That's all I'm going to say. You know, yeah. we'll, hit, we'll, hit, we'll get wink, players. Wink. Yeah, that's right. And we'll and we'll leave it at that. But we'll get back to where we were before our guest joined us. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that I can even re- remotely focus now because that was such fun having Ashlyn on. Mm-hmm. Um 30 minutes went by in the drop of a hat. So I think that says a lot to the quality of the person Ashlyn is and the fact that she'd agreed to come on the show. So a huge thank you to Ashlyn Carmella for joining us. But Vinny, we were talking about Dylan, Dylan Cease. The man has been on fire and he lit the world aflame again today. How are you feeling about Dylan Cease? Yeah. So before she came on, I was going to touch on it, but then I would have rambled for 10 minutes and kept her waiting. You know how that goes. Um, <laughs> I think Dylan Cease, I kind of saw last year, he kind of took two steps. There was the beginning of the year where it was like, okay, he's still the same Dylan Cease from 2020 and 2019, where he was still getting his feet wet. But I remember one time I was texting or face or DMing on Twitter a good friend of mine. I don't want to say good friend, but White Sox Dave from Barstool Chicago. He's a yeah. friend of the program. And he was like, yeah, so normally scouts see pitchers as just raw the ones who are extremely talented they're raw talent until about 35 starts into their career and of course there are like freaks that like just come right. in and dominate right away like the first overall pick type guys like Casey Mize is coming along a little quicker than Dylan Cease did but like I'm, I'm talking like a typical high-end pitching prospect you know what you got after about 35 to 40 starts and sure. Dave was spot on. He made about 10 starts in 2019. It was around then, around there, I think. And then the shortened COVID season, you know, what did he make that season? Another 10, 15, not even? No, definitely not even. And then that left him at like, what, 22, 23 starts in his career yeah. coming into 2021. It took him about 10 starts to really look like the starting pitcher that we thought he would be. And by August... I said a lot last year, there was a point where the top four in the White Sox rotation were the best pitcher on the team at any given point. There was a stretch yep. where Dylan Cease was the best pitcher on the team. There was a stretch where Carlos Rodon was the best on the team. Same thing for Giolito and Lynn. And all them, Cease was the only one who didn't finish top 11 in Cy Young voting. And, you you know, that, that says a lot because he might lead the team in Cy Young voting this year. So, you know, he's really looking like that elite pitcher um when the cubs had him he was a two pitch pitcher that threw really hard but he didn't quite have the command well insert the knuckle curve and insert ethan katz and this is what you got now he's outstanding today's performance was as good it was a chris sale like performance to be honest with you 11 strikeouts had the the breaking stuff chris sale throws a slider c says the knuckle curve but the sure. fastball was on command. He got Mike Trout to strike out four times. So I know I'm kind of rambling on about Dylan Cease, but that's just kind of what happens when 
you have a guy that that that's that good and that impactful. I, he, I I'm lost for words when it comes to Dylan Cease. I mean, this is a guy who just continues to get it done. I mean, I know we all knew he had the stuff deep down, but did any of us really think he was going to be a Cy Young candidate this year? You know, I mean, look at it. He was just filthy today. I mean, look at the movement on that. I, I, I just, <laughs> I can watch it over and over again. And he just continues, I mean, the outside fastball. And can we talk about how, him striking out Mike Trout and how how fired up he looked? I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, Mike Trout is the single greatest baseball player I've ever laid my eyes on. And I, I'm not exaggerating. Um, I know I I didn't see uh, Ted Williams. I, I I remember Barry Bonds, but, like, I didn't see the prime Barry Bonds, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I obviously didn't see George Herman, Babe Ruth, or Henry Aaron, any of those guys. But as far as I've seen, Mike Trout is the greatest. And Dylan Cease went after him. That, that, that's how you beat Trout. You pump him with fastballs early in the count, and then he he gets wood on it because he's Mike Trout and he's amazing. He'll foul off hard pitches, but wipe him out with the slider. And that that's what worked for him today. He struck him out three times. And why wouldn't you be fired up if you strike out Mike Trout? Because it's not only like Mike, like Mike Trout just had a bad day. He struck out 11 batters. Yeah, so, he was... He was just dealing, no pun yeah. intended. There were eight other strikeouts that weren't Mike Trout. So, I don't know. The guy's amazing. Um, he was the second piece in a trade. And anybody who thinks Rick Hahn is a bad general manager, to me, is crazy. Because Rick Hahn didn't make many moves this offseason financially. That's because Jerry Ryan's That's because of Jerry, yeah, I was going to say. Exactly. Like, Rick Hahn has made one horrid mistake. He made two kind of mistakes. I think Madrigal and um, Hoyer for Kimbrell is a mistake, but it's a mistake in hindsight. Right. The The biggest mistake is Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, that. that's tough. J- they yeah. did not need James Shields in 2016. Nothing he did was any, was any better than what Denks was doing before they DFA'd him. So, right. <laughs> you know... To me, I, I think Rick Hahn's amazing and landing Dylan Cease in that trade, it should it should have him in everybody's good graces for a long time. Because sales one thing, Mancata and Kopech for sale. They traded Quintana for this guy. I mean, he was borderline bad with the Cubs. So he was pretty bad, but uh one of the, it'll be go down as one of the best trades. I think it'll go down as one of the best trades in White Sox history when all is said and done. We'll see how yeah. it plays out. But um, nice if Eloy could stay healthy, but we know how impactful he is when he's not. So, yeah, or when I'm, he I'm, sh- I'm stunned that they say six to eight weeks on a hamstring tear. That just seems bizarre to me. He had a procedure. I think that might have something to do with it, but you're right. It, it could be worse though. Madrigal missed all of last year. Yeah. That's kind of what I was expecting. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying you think it's low. I think it's low. I think it should be higher than that. Well, they got lucky. Well, I guess it's two months, right? <laughs> they also confirmed it's the same injury that Lance Lynn had after spring That's training. That's true. And so the same like injury a... that Yasmani Grandal had last year. Grandal came back and was better. Yeah. And well, that's fair. Lynn, we'll see what happens when he comes back. Eloy's going to be fine. I'm not worried about him. 
yeah, we'll get there. We just got to get through the the ups and downs. And you know, speaking of ups and downs, Vinny, uh, there is we tore a certain manager apart last week. Let's find out how we feel this week on Larusa's locker. Yeah, it was it was a better week for Tony. I think we would all agree that he had a better week than he did last week. I, I want to start by giving him props for something, and this might be more to do with Rick Hahn, but you know, the way that they eased Luis Robert back into this lineup without like forcing him in early in the week, uh, I think that made a difference for him because he came back and he looks like confident behind the plate. You know, he I don't think he's worried about his his legs at all, at least from the way I see him on the field. So I want to give props to that, you know, but, but Vinny, I have to ask you, do you feel better about his, his, his batting order uh, since he, the last week, or do you feel more of the same? Because I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I would say somewhere in the middle is fair. Last week was a disaster, but I also think, and listen, nobody tweets and talks more in the moment than your boy right here. I admit it, but LaRusso was bad last week, and he was bad in April of 2021 either. I never once said fire him. I said if you keep it up, you fire him. You keep losing because of these bad lineups and bad in-game decisions, then see ya. But, you know, to me, we'll see what happens once June, July, August. Those, to me, are the hardest parts of the season. Well, maybe not for the 2022 White Sox. It's hard to think that anything will be harder than what they just dealt with now. But... The only thing I don't like about today's lineup is Pollock batting third. Pollock's a great player. He hit 17 home runs last year. He can provide power. He can provide this, that, everything. He's slumping right now, though. And sometimes you move guys up when they're slumping. Totally. I I don't like moving them up when they're slumping. I like moving them down. We've seen it with Luis Robert, and we've seen it with Yoan Moncada back in the day. I would bat Pollock sixth or seventh until he starts to get it going. And then I'd be cool with him being the two hitter, the five hitter. There are all sorts of ways to go with Pollock when he's on his game. But, you know, it is what it is. He did have uh, a pretty big play today. So I guess you can't even really – he got the ground ball that scored the first run of the game, Tim Anderson, and the White Sox – yeah, the White Sox never looked back from there. So it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how it goes forward. Leary Garcia was not in the lineup today. Um, I'm okay with that. Josh Harrison has been outstanding. Well, in the last week or as so. As of late, yeah. yeah. As of late, he's been outstanding, and he's just a fun guy to watch for me. He is. Yeah. But I have no real complaints. The only thing I saw on Twitter yesterday that people were critiquing LaRusso on a little bit was when it was six to five bases loaded, two outs, winning runs on second base. He didn't pinch hit Gavin Cheats. And I'm pretty sure Berger was on the bench available, but I'm not positive on that. I would have to go back and look. I don't hate, I don't hate that. I'm not mad at LaRusa for not pinch hitting Gavin Cheats. I had all the faith in the world that Gavin Cheats would get the hit there, and he didn't. You know, if you do your job in baseball 30% of the time, you make $300 million. So 
you know, I'm not mad that Jake Bur- or that Gavin Cheats got out there. That's not Tony Larusa's fault. That is failing yeah. to score a sixth run in an inning. That you know, yeah. don't go down <sighs> six nothing. And, and as as Ashlyn mentioned, you know, Jake had played six days in a row before that's yesterday. Good. And that's a positive about Tony Larusa. Yeah, no, that's great. He does want to win each and every game, and we've seen him make game decisions like, "Oh, tomorrow don't matter. We'll get to tomorrow tomorrow." But he also has a little bit, especially in April and May, he has a little bit of what's coming in mind. If I asked Tony right now, do you think you're going to make the playoffs? You are 9-13. and 13. Do you think you'll make the playoffs? I know for a fact he would say yes, and he would mean oh, it. Oh, for sure. And I kind of I I agree with that. So, you know, I have no complaints with Tony this week. Talk to me next week. Right. <laughs> And we got expanded playoffs too, so keep that in mind. But the White uh, Sox are going to make the playoffs. I'm with you. There's, I don't think there's, there's any no way doubt in my playoffs. mind. If they sweep the Cubs, they're one game under now, or two games under. Yeah. And uh, let's talk for a second. How how weird is it that we're only playing two games? It's bizarre, right? Well, so I actually learned a rule. I think it was last year. The White Sox play the Cubs three times a series, six games total, the same years that they play the National League Central as a whole. So when they don't play the National League Central as a whole, they the MLB throws them the Cubs just to get the Crosstown series in. They give them two each. And every team in the league has a National League, has an interleague game that they play every year no matter what. For the Mets, it's the Yankees. Wow. For the Royals, it's the Cardinals. I think the Guardians, it's always the Reds. So there's always that little thing. The Cubs and the White Sox, they're built in each other's schedule every single year, but the number of games is pending what division they're playing. I did not. I learned something new today, Vinny. Thanks, yeah. bud. But there's also a little birdie out there saying that next year, all 30 teams are going to play all 30 teams. I don't know how wow. that's going to work in the schedule. I, that would make the divisions very watered down. Weird, weird series numbers. Yeah, and like, what are we going to play the Guardians five times? How would that settle? How would that really settle a score of a division? Yeah. Well, so I don't know if I love that, but we'll see how the schedule makers handle it if that actually becomes a yeah. reality. Well, hey, I, I got I got to point out though, the Cubs at Wrigley they get the Cub Sox series on Tuesday and Wednesday. We at the South Side, we get it on the Saturday and Sunday. We get the weekend games. So, yeah, just pointing that out. They they learned something last year, I think. And the White Sox not living up to it this year would just be horrendous because then they might never get trusted ever again. But the league took notice at what the playoff game was like. I think. Oh, you for know, sure. There were some prominent people attending the White Sox playoff game last year, and then the, there was no social media in two thousand five. So the world right. didn't real and, and even in 2008 there was Twitter but like what was Twitter in 2008 for the original it was blackout game? a shell of what it is now. Yeah. You know, people didn't know what goes on on the south side when the team is good. I consider the White Sox always a sleeping giant when they're bad. That that's what they oh, are. Yeah. And the Cubs it's obvious to me that the lovable losers doesn't fly anymore. People don't show up when they're not winning anymore. They used to go no matter what, but now there's expectations there. And Wrigley Field is not sold out every single game anymore. It's going to be close. It's going to be tomorrow and Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah tomorrow yeah. and Wednesday, no doubt about it. But hey, it's going to be a good series. I'm excited to see it, no doubt. 
It is, man. I I, I can't wait. Uh, I love when we get to play at Wrigley because they have the basket that hangs in the outfield. And it's great for home runs because all those balls, Jose and Luis, and that have been dying, those are going out at Wrigley. Yeah. And the best left-handed pitcher to start a season this year was Mr. Patrick Sandoval. Three starts, no earned runs. The White Sox, they took care of him. Tomorrow, the White Sox get Mr. Smiley. Um, yeah, no shot, Miss Caitlin. Cubs are going to sweep. Just that's an absolute no shot. <laughs> they got Drew Smiley. Is it Drew Smiley? I don't even know the guy's first yeah, name. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Drew Smiley, the left-handed pitcher. He's got Luis Robert and Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu and Gavin. No, Gavin's not going to play tomorrow. Uh, Jake Berger. Yeah. Hey, Berger better we're, be playing. Yeah. They're coming for Smiley tomorrow. I'm just telling you. Michael Kopech on the mound. They're going to wish they still had. The Cubs are going to wish the White Sox never traded Chris Sale tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I think I think the Sox fans are going to be feeling good tomorrow. I have a feeling. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge. Alito versus Hendricks on Wednesday. That could, Hendricks is still. A great game. Hendricks is Hendricks is a good pitcher still. I'm not he, even though he, he has a 5.47 ERA, but that's because of his first two starts of the season not going well at all. He's been he's, he's been solid lately. Big trade chip for them this this July. Yes, yes but Giolito's better. So I would agree with you. <laughs> <sighs> but all right, let's let's keep the show moving, Vinny. You know. What happens when someone has a bad week around these parts, Vinny? You know, bad weeks, they're not they're not fun. There no. are a couple of White Sox players who have had them. I have a feeling going into Wrigley that a couple of these guys that have had Dudley weeks are going to pick it up, if you will. Yeah. But we're going to talk about who those candidates are in the Adam Dud of the week. You suck. You Suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yes, Vinny alluded to it. This is the Adam Dud of the week. We talk about the players that pooped the bed this week and they just could not get things together. There's a few nominees on the team, Vincenzo, um, but I think you and I are in agreement on the guy who should be leading the pack when it comes to Adam Dud nominees, his name is Reese McGuire. Reese. I mean, speaks for Reese. itself there. Reese. Zach Collins is doing so good for the Toronto Blue Jays, Reese. He's hitting home runs. Every time they win, he tweets the letter W and it gets like 20,000 likes. Reese, my guy, you are so good at catching in the first week and a half of the season to the point where you were almost catching every single day and Grendel was either playing first or DHing. You haven't been good at catching in the last week. You're dropping pitches. Nope. The ball's getting by you. And I know that it's just – it's hard to catch when it's cold. I know he's a very good defensive catcher. I'm not out on Reese McGuire. If he went 0 for 14 with three Ks in a week where I he had – two throwouts of a guy stealing a base or, you know, picked off a guy at first base, I wouldn't even slightly care. I don't care about Reese McGuire's offense. Would I like a little better than 0 for 14 with three Ks? Of course I would. 
But you catch well. I don't care if you hit. That's what makes Yasmani Grandal so special is that for yeah. a long time he was the best pitch framer in the MLB and a top three catcher in terms of offense. Well, if we're taking bad defense from both, I want Grandal on the lineup. Yeah. So, Reese, get it together with your glove, and I won't rip on your offense. But, yeah, Adam Dutt of the week without question. Just just a brutal week all around for Reese defensively and offensively. Um, uh, we'll, we'll give the runner-up award to this guy, Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, just, just had a rough week, pitched 1.1 innings or one and a third, uh, three earned runs and a 20.25 ERA. Uh, Reynaldo just did not have it this week. But, uh, you know, Vinny, I don't know about you, but he feels like more of a fifth starter than Dallas Keuchel right now. <laughs> I would be more of a fifth starter than Dallas Keuchel right now. Um, I'd like to see that, actually. Reynaldo Lopez. Hey, I could throw hard. Um, when um, Reynaldo Lopez comes in, it seems like they're only using him in garbage time. I haven't seen him come in up a run. Like a lot of the times I've noticed that when guys come in in garbage time, they're garbage too. Like, what do they care? No the pressure, pressure situations. Like I want to see Reynaldo Lopez start a game. I'd rather see that than Dallas Keuchel. When Lance Lynn comes back, if Dallas Keuchel starts a game, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, um, Travis actually leaves a comment in the chat. Why hasn't he been DFA'd once Lynn and Qu- comes back and Cueto comes up? Get him out of here. People I would rather use as a starter over Dallas Keuchel, and I'm being dead serious. If he was healthy, I would say Garrett Crochet. He's a starter by nature. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but he's not healthy. We're not going to see him until 2023. So salute Garrett Crochet. Johnny Cueto. Yes. Jimmy Looked Lambert. Good the other day in Charlotte, by the way. Yeah, I agree. Jimmy Lambert. Jimmy Lambert's not that good at the MLB level. He's a quadruple A pitcher if I've ever seen one. But I'd rather have him than Dallas Keuchel. Yep. Um, John, yeah, I said Johnny Cueto. Um, Reynaldo Lopez. And my guy, Vince Velasquez. Yeah, Some he of was stuff, great against the Angels, man. He looked great against the Angels, and the Angels have an outstanding batting lineup. I mean, this Ward guy, he's outstanding. Wade, outstanding. Um, I really think Rendon is an outstanding hitter. Um, and then, of course, they have Trout, who, like I said, the greatest hitter I've ever laid these eyeballs on, and Shohei Otani, who had the greatest single season of any player in Major League Baseball ever last year. Vince Velasquez made him look like Swiss cheese. And Ethan Katz said before the season started, this guy's got awesome stuff. It's about command. And it's about command with Keiko too, because Keiko was never blow it by people. He was Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks and Dallas Keiko and their prime were the exact same pitcher. But Keiko can't command the strike zone like he once did, and it's just not working anymore. So, yes, yeah, give me, give me a Reynaldo Lopez. Yep. He looks flat out there, and – I don't know about you, Vin, but when I'm watching him, I feel like he's tipping his pitches. I could be wrong, but I I seem to get the vibe that Keiko's tipping his pitches, and based off of the statistics, it probably is. Yeah, and that makes sense, too. His fastball's not very hard. No, so like, like low 90s, what, right? Yeah, and or so low. what's the difference between that and a hard slider? Nothing. You know, these sliders are getting up there in the 80s now. And, you know, Michael Kopech, his slider is, what, 89 on average? And then he mixes in the curveball now, which has made him even more effective than his year His curve has been really nasty to start the be- year. Early. Yes, be- because early in his career, he worked off the fastball with a changeup and a slider. Now he's working off the fastball with a changeup, a slider, and a curveball. 
And you look at the miles per hour on the scoreboard at guaranteed rate field. If you go to a game and if you only look at that while watching Kopech pitch, you see 99, 89, 76, and then the changeup sometimes hovers in the mid 80s as well if there's no break on it. So, you know, it's a hard guy to face. Keiko, all the pitches are roughly around the same miles per hour, and guys are just pooping all over because he's not hitting his spots in the strike zone. I just saw him throw a pitch yesterday. I just, I happened to have the game on in the background. I looked up, I was working, watching the game or whatever. And literally, I feel like the ball, as soon as it left his hand, it's like the guy knew exactly when it was coming. It looked like he was, I was watching a wiffle ball game at the park. It just, he doesn't feel like he's there. And then he's going to criticize his teammates. It just rubs me the wrong way, man. Yeah. I mean, he walks everyone. So when that's you another walk, thing, this team walked walk way too guys, many guys this week. And if you walk two guys and one of your teammates makes an error, a run scores. Well, maybe if you didn't walk a guy, the air probably would have went unnoticed. You know, like if a guy, if an, if Tim Anderson bobbles a ball on a Giolito start, the guy probably doesn't come around to score because he whiffs the next two and then throws the ball so hard that the guy pops out to center field. So exactly. there's a big difference. You, you walk guys, then airs make those walks. I don't even know the word I'm looking for. You put an exclamation on them, I guess, yeah. is the best way to put it. So, yeah, Dallas Keiko, blame the teammates for your nine year. He had he had a bad game yesterday, a bad game, and his season stats got better. Yeah, that's how you know, like, man, this guy really sucks. Yeah. And he's a dud nominee as well. We didn't even talk about him, but he's he's mega mega dud nominee. Yeah. Three weeks, three weeks, four weeks running. So uh, how are we going to just uh, Adam Dud of the week? People, you know, the people in the chat. Justin, Vince, shout out all you guys. He's probably thinking, oh, Adam Dud of the Week, they're just going to talk about Keiko again. We're a little more creative than that. You guys know he's the Dud of the Week. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to give a you. shout out to someone during the Adam Dud of the Week portion of the show. Gavin Do Sheets. It. Gavin Sheets has come on this network and ex- exhilarating hitter, left-handed, big bat when he's on. I believe in Gavin Sheets. We need more from you, man. Two for 17 with two Ks. Game on your stick in the end. And it just it hasn't been there for him yet so far this season. And they're going to keep him around because he's a lefty. People wanting to send him down when the rosters got cut. There was no shot that that was happening. When Moncada no. comes back, they're not sending Gavin Sheets down for Moncada. If anything, I hate to say a burger might go down. Like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen not. there. But... Gavin Sheets, I believe in you more than I believe in any of the duds on this poll. I believe in Reese McGuire, too, as a catcher. There you go. And when you get to the opposite side of the fence, we're talking about the guys that had a good week. And there's been a few of them. There's a couple nominees there in a segment we like to call the Put It On The Board segment. Oh, hit deep. Way back. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah, I mean, we talked about one guy to lead off the show. I don't think we have to tell anybody, and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody at this point, but our boy Dylan Cease has been absolutely raking, sick, nasty, 13 innings pitched, two earned runs, 20 Ks. He's just mowing them down, Vinny. Yeah, I mean, 
Dylan Cease is everything you want in a starting pitcher. They have four guys who could be the ace on any given night when they're healthy. Hopefully Lynn gets back soon. Mid-May is approaching. Um, I, I don't know what more to say about Cease that I already said in the opening talking about him. The fastball, getting in the high 90s. He could probably reach back and throw 100 if he wanted to, but nobody wants to see Dylan Cease get hurt. Um, the knuckle curve is outstanding. The changeup was fooling Mike Trout. So, to me, sky's the limit for this guy. People talk about Cy Young for Dylan Cease. He's technically got the third highest ERA on the starting rotation. That's just how good. He, he's got the best eye test so far to start the season. I don't think there's Definitely. any doubt about that. But Kopech and Giolito have been just as effective, if not more. But Cease had the seven-inning game today, and I think that, is like paramount for they this. Need it bad. Yeah, they needed it really bad because then you go when you go seven innings, you take Aaron Bummer out of the equation. And I know I believe in Aaron Bummer. His stuff is nasty. He's a bad luck pitcher right now. Um, but when you take him out of the equation until he figures it out, that's good because then you go Graveman Hendricks. The game was over when Dylan Cease got the ball to Hendricks and Graveman. I mean, it was over. And especially when Liam is as on as he was today. I mean, woof, the golden sombrero for Trout. So I like Dylan Cease a lot. I think he could provide stuff like that all season long. Yeah, for sure. I mean, can't go wrong. And we talked about it last week going to the offensive side of things. Our buddy Steven Zim Zimmerman said if we get this guy going, the team's going to start moving. Tim Anderson with a hell of a week. 10 for 28, 357, two ribbies, seven runs scored. It's true, Vinny. Isn't Tim Anderson the straw that stirs the drink here in, in the south side? Yeah, Tim Anderson is, in my opinion, he's not the best player on the team, although he's close. He's the most important player on this team. When you have a guy who can lead off the way that he does – and he normally plays good defense. Rough start. People are mad. There are people who say stupid things when a guy struggles. Really they stupid. Bring, they bring they bring things that he does away from baseball into it. Like, well, if he wasn't making the stupid videos and practicing his defense. Yeah, his documentary, yeah. I'm like an idiot when you say that. I just hope you know. It's like the people with Moncada. Well, maybe if he wasn't making music videos and practicing his hitting, you'd hit more. You Got sound. One song. Yeah, you sound so dumb. Jake Berger, he plays video games, okay? What's the difference? The, nobody does their job Hobbies. 24-7. <laughs> if you do your job 24-7, you're a weirdo. Yeah, so, you're a freak. Yeah. I don't want to hear – if anybody says that about Tim Anderson, I think there's actually a little bit of underlying issues when people say those things about Tim Anderson. But, you know, I just hate when people rip on the guy. He is the Chicago White Sox. I don't love when he makes errors. I don't love when they're kicking the ball around the infield. But it it was just a bad April for everyone. Let it go. Um, they're playing the Cubs tomorrow, right? He loves stirring the pot against the Cubs. Him and Wilson Contreras, they're they're both like the straw that tur- stirs the drink, as you say. That's right. Every other fan base hates them. They should. I hate Wilson Contreras. He annoys the crap out of me. But if I was yeah. a Cubs fan, I would love I'd the love heck him. out of the guy. Exactly. And if Cup fans don't hate Tim Anderson, I don't know what the heck's wrong with them. So, you know, what has been the Cubs' biggest problem? Oh, I got so excited I bought my mic. What has been the Cubs' biggest problem since winning the World Series? They haven't had a true leadoff hitter since Dexter yeah. Fowler left. 
There was nobody True. to set the tone for Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant. Those guys were all coming up with two outs and nobody on every single first inning. But when Dexter Fowler was there, they came up to bat with a runner on base, sometimes in scoring position, a good amount of the time. And it allowed them to get their pitchers going early. It hasn't been the same since. The White Sox have that with Tim Anderson right now. Don't, t- don't take it for granted. It's not always going to be there. You know, we don't know what the future holds for Tim Anderson or the White Sox leadoff position or anything like that. You know, we can make fun of them now for being bad and the White Sox for being good. Roles will be reversed again. So enjoy Tim Anderson now. Ripping on him, not going to solve the problem. He's a great player. I love the guy. Definitely won't solve the problem. And, you know, another guy that's electric just like him, Luis Robert, had a great week coming back from injury nonetheless. Six for 17, batting 353 with three RBIs and two runs scored in a short week for him. You know, Luis looks healthy. He looks good. I think they they took their time with him. Uh, I think you got to be excited from what we've seen from Luis Robert uh, coming back from injury. Makes you wonder if the injury was something coming no matter what, doesn't it? Because he was kind of struggling leading into the injury. And then it's almost like the final tweak happened. Like it makes you wonder if he should have just been sitting out a little sooner and like would this little slump that he went on ever have happened. But since the injury, he's raised his batting average by over a hundred or close to a hundred. I should say he was in the high one hundreds, you know, before coming back from the injured or he was never on the injured list, but before coming back from injury, now he's getting up there in the twos again and he'll be in the threes before you know it. Um, He's, He's unreal. I mean, power, contact, arm, speed. Guy's the whole package. I love. I mean, he's got he's got about five balls that went to the warning track that are out most of the year. So yeah, I mean, think about if you had five home runs to his batting average right now. I mean, look at that. He is statistically, and I'm not a math guy at all. I don't know what numbers go into this stat. I saw our guy Jay Kuda, who we should really have on the show at some point. I'd we love- should. I'd love to pick that guy's brain. Oh, I'd have a field day with him. Um, He posted a stat that, like, complimented Luis Robert as the unluckiest player in Major League Baseball thus far. It takes things like expected batting average and warning track outs, fly outs, and stuff like that. If there's merit to these dead baseballs that were implemented by Major League Baseball, then that's a shame because Luis Robert would – probably have three or four, maybe five home runs. I mean, I there agree. was that ball. There was one today where it was like, are you serious? That ball, yeah. it was gone, and then it died. It's just – it's a shame. But Luis Robert, he's so good that he'll adjust. But then you see Mike Trout last week. I don't know if you saw this. A check swing sends a ball down the right field line out yeah. on a low fence. Yep. That was bizarre. I have to find that video. It's it was bizarre. Mike Trout is great. I call him the greatest player I've ever seen. That was an accident. He got lucky. But sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually uh, trying to find it. Nah, it's all right. I'll find it later. I'll, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll take me a minute to find. But I'm. I even lost my train of thought. That's okay. But. I mean, all all good stuff. Luis Robert getting everybody excited. Um, and everyone across the board is just feeling good about where this team is. I mean, I don't want to say all White Sox Twitter is feeling better, but I feel
feel better and I can tell you feel better about this team. Uh, we've had some people reach out to us on Twitter, not feeling so confident about the team. And you reminded some folks that uh, look at the Braves start last year, right, Vinny? The Braves were three games under 500 on August 1st last year. They won the World Series. Three games under 500, and they wow, in August. August 1st. And about a month before that, they found out that their version of Luis Robert is out for the year. Acuna might yeah. be better than Robert, and that's saying and, something. Because I think Robert just came back player. too. Yeah, he just came back and lighten it up already. And the Braves struggling to start the year again. But guess what? I believe they're beating the Mets right now. Yeah, five to two in the bottom of the ninth. The Mets, one of the best teams in the league, the New York the Mets, Mets are freaking good, man. Yeah, the the Mets are what the White Sox should be. If the yeah. White Sox had a competent owner, then I believe they would be the Mets because they have a GM that cares and is good and an owner that's willing to spend money. Like they would, they went out and got Bassett. You know, the White Sox went out and got Vince Velasquez. The Mets and the White Sox, the Mets and the White Sox were the exact same roster a year ago, but one team went out and got Scherzer and Bassett. The other team went out and got Vince Velasquez and called up Jimmy Lambert. But they, you know, Luis Robert would be the best player on either team, uh, hitter wise. Yeah. Um, you can argue Kopech, Giolito, Lynn, and Cease would all be their number two. Eh, Bassett's up there, though. So number three for sure. So it, it's just – it's so annoying. Um, hopefully they are able to kind of overcome it. People who are jumping off a cliff over it. If, if they're still this bad by the end of May, I think I'll start to be a little concerned because then you can't use the weather – then you can't yeah. use injuries. Here's what I'll say. Appreciate what your mean Mercedes did last year. They don't have your mean Mercedes. That There's no version of your mean Mercedes this year hitting 400 halfway through May. That just yeah, isn't no, on this team right now. Happen. They were equally as bad last year and equally as injured last year at this time, but your mean Mercedes drove in runs like nobody. Bailed else. us out, man. He bailed yeah, us out. He bailed us out. So, and that's not happening this year, but what happened when your mean fell off? The rest of the team picked it up, and I believe the rest of the team is going to pick it up. They just might have a slightly worse record through May than they did last year. So, we'll see what happens there. And speaking of seeing what happens, we have some happenings coming up as the week goes on here. We have two huge series between the Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox, and the Chicago White Sox and the Boston Red Sox. The White Sox have two consecutive series with a team that shares part of the name with them. And to help you preview them, we're going to send it over to White Sox Weekly with our guy Gonzo. Yo, what up, everybody? This is White Sox Weekly, and this is Gonzo here. Um, As I speak right now, currently the White Sox are finishing their four-game series with the Angels right now. Dylan Cease is on the mound versus Sandoval, and hopefully the Sox pull one today and tie up this series. But uh, to go with the beginning of this week, the Sox are going to go on a road stand here, and uh, they have two games in the Crosstown Series versus the Cubs starting on Tuesday. 
And game one is going to be Michael Kopech, who's been on fire lately. And he's going to be facing off against the Cubs southpaw, Drew Smiley. So considering for the White Sox offense heating up finally, um, them going up against the lefty and Smiley, this should be a pretty good game to get going here. And then um, game two is going to be uh, Lucas Giolito versus uh, Kyle Hendricks. So, you know, two dominant right-handers going at each other. It's going to be one hell of a two-game series. Um, and we love to see some White Sox and Cubs play, so hopefully the Sox pull two. Now the second series here for the White Sox on the road is going to be at Boston beginning Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And game one is going to be Vince Velasquez versus Nathan Evaldi. Evaldi is quite the right-hander. He always gives the White Sox issues, so that's not really a great matchup I'm looking forward to. But on the bright side, Vince Velasquez, he had a really solid outing, um, solid outing this past uh, performance uh, versus the Angels and really um, locked them um, in that series with no runs allowed. Um, so that is uh, on the bright side. Uh, hopefully he continues with this confidence. Um, he's going to need it. Um, game two is going to be Dallas Keuchel versus Nick Pineda or Pivolta. I forgot his name, but um, regardless, game two is going to be a rough one. Probably going to be a bullpen game if I had to guess because um, both guys have their issues with command, and lately Dallas's command has been off. Um, gosh, I just hope that we can get as much out of him because he's probably going to be DFA'd pretty soon, I'd imagine, within the next two months. Um, but we got to get whatever we can out of him. Um, game three is going to be Dylan Cease. Dylan Sheesh Nasty, I should say, versus uh, Michael Waka. Um, Waka has been quite the arm for St. Louis, but now he's in Boston with another great organization. Um, it's going to be one hell of a series, but I'm feeling good um, in general about this upcoming week now that the bats are going. Um, I think the Sox will pull two versus the Cubs, and I think Sox will take two of three versus Boston. Now, uh, lastly here, as I wrap things up, I want to go over just a couple things here that I've been seeing on the couple games I've watched and a lot of Sox Twitter. But, um, you know, they're 8-13, and 13, only five games away out of 500 and four and a half games out of first. Um, yes, a rough stretch to the season, but they had a similar trend last year. Um, and we have been seeing the bats get going here, so it's just a matter of, you know, games really here coming up here that, you know, I think they're going to get on a winning stretch again, um, especially with the uh, guys coming back from injury and Mankata and Joe Kelly soon. And we just got, you know, Lou Bob back, as Joe likes to say. Um, I think the toughest aspect of the game right now that we're seeing is the defense. Uh, I'm not really too up upset about the bats just because that, your offense goes on trends of cold cold spurts, but defense is what really wins you championships, pitching and defense. And the pitching has been there, but the defense has not. And that could be because of the shortened spring training that they've had. Um, guys just haven't had the reps that they usually get. And when you're like the White Sox in a situation where you're going on a rough, you know, cold stretch here of losses, um, Everything seems to go downhill, and unfortunately, that's part of the defense. And uh, it's rough to see, but that is definitely going to turn around here shortly. Um, White Sox fans have no doubt, have some patience. They're going to pull through, and when they do pull through, they're going to go on a stretch where they just keep winning 
series, game series, and uh, that's all you ask for in a regular season of 162 games. Guys, back to you. Thank you, Gonzo. Appreciate the report on White Sox Weekly. Vinny, curious your thoughts on the Boston series coming up. I know Gonzo did a little dive into it, but you know, you being a Boston fan as your number two team, you know, how are you feeling about this weekend? The Red Sox stink. I I, I think they're bad. There are people who think they're going to come around. They they might come around a little bit, but the difference between the White Sox and the Red Sox is I trust the White Sox pitching a lot more, where even if the White Sox bats take a little extra time to heat up, um, I believe they can win a game three to two, you know, four to three, whatever it may be. Yeah. The Red Sox, they don't have the pitching that the White Sox have. They'd love to have Michael Kopech back in their rotation. You know, they would love to have Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito. Eovaldi's really good. But I've seen Eovaldi get pulled from games early, and Eovaldi always has one bad inning. He'll go, he'll look like Greg Maddox in four of his five innings, and in one, he'll look like Jose Quintana. So there's just there's some issues there with Boston right now, and I'm sure there are people in Boston that think the opposite. They think the Red Sox will come back, and that the White Sox won't. But the White Sox don't have the Tampa Bay Rays, New York Yankees, and Toronto Blue Jays in their division. The best team in the division right now is the Minnesota Twins, who once Byron Buxton has his annual season-ending injury, they're going to be done. So it's going to be a dogfight till the end for everyone, and I'm not out on the Red Sox at all. But I also I'm, – I'm, I'm a little weary of them compared to the White Sox for a variety of different reasons. They have a better manager. I think Alex Cora is a top-five manager. And, you know, it's not great what's going on with them right now. But hopefully the White Sox are able to take advantage before they do have some sort of hot streak. Because they will have a hot streak coming up. But they struggled against the oil. I almost said Oilers. I got hockey on the <laughs> they're, they're on the power play right now. I got the scores up. That's why I'm, I got everything on my mind. I'm, my brain's in a million places. But um, the Orioles gave the Red Sox a very hard time. So the White Sox should be able to go into Fenway and play relatively well. I also believe, I don't know this for sure. I haven't talked to anyone. I'm going to try and confirm it as the week goes on. Um, maybe the South Burbs Hitman will be the lucky ones to break the news. I believe Yoan Moncada will be activated on Friday night. That's just my personal mm. opinion. I have not heard anything yet, but I'm like I said, I'm going to try and confirm it throughout the week, but as of right now, that's my prediction. Lucky Cubs, they don't get they don't get Mister Desastre Personnel in Wrigley. He loves playing no, there for sure. No reason to rush him back against no. them. I appreciate it. And Joe Kelly will be back soon too. So, you know, that's help is on the way, dear. As I like to say, from Miss Doubtfire. Yeah, I just want Joe Kelly back in time to play the Astros because he yes he hates, he hates the, them. He hates the Astros more than I hate anything, and I hate a lot of things. <laughs> Vinny does hate a lot of things, but me and him don't hate each other. So that's the most important thing. No, of course not. That's just what came out of my mouth. It sounded cool in my head, and then it came out. I'm like, yeah, we'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, That's actually quite opposite. I love you. I know. I love you too. 
Breaking news. That's right. I love you too, buddy. Um, you're tied. So, you're tied with Joey Parisi for my favorite Joe. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> if he heard that, he'd be like, "Excuse me." <laughs> until until Joe Kelly makes it on the team, and you know, oh, then... I'll bump him ahead of both of you if he has like a zero ERA and gets yeah. the White Sox out of a jam that Dallas Keuchel gets him in. Oh yeah, Joe Kelly will pass all your asses. I like him more than every Joe I've ever met. Hey, Joey did text me the other day. He's like, hey, are you at the game? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I wish. Because he wanted to come hang out because I used to be there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you're living the dad life right now, but you'll be back at Guaranteed Ray Field soon enough. J- Joey, shout out to him. He went to a game on his own yesterday. He didn't He didn't uh, wait for me to buy the tickets. He actually went. I couldn't make it, and he he went. I'm, I'm happy about that. I love when people enjoy baseball, so. So I that that's amazing first and foremost. And I sorry, I just got a message from Ashlyn Carmela, our guest tonight. And I just gotta say a little bit of breaking news here. She said, I said thanks. I thanked her for her time. She said, Of course, I had a blast, and Jake said he will join us next time. There you go. That'll be just another list of White Sox players that have joined us on the Barroom Network. Obviously, you were with me when we had Gavin Sheets, who's a very good friend of Jake Berger and of course, Liam Hendricks talking about Legos and star Wars more than baseball. So we, we love the white Sox players. We'll have them all on. That's right. If any, if any of you guys are watching, you're all welcome on the show. Yeah. Except Dallas Keiko. I don't want you. Dallas will interview you if you want. <laughs> Joe's like, I'm going to put the executive decision over Vinny on that. And he, just, Dallas, <laughs> just, you just need to send me a, a Ziploc bag full of your beard hair. Yeah, or some cash. I just I love how I just made it weird right away, but that's all right. I tried to save you. I was just trying to be funny and it totally sounded like something from Silence it was of funny. the Lambs. It Silence was of funny. the Lambs. There's probably a freak out there. I mean, I saw a guy I went to Dallas's second most recent start, and he there was a guy there in a Keiko Houston jersey. Like you love Dallas Keuchel that much that you're gonna rock a Keuchel Houston like yeah that's a bold move think on that jersey that's like the number one cheating team like the 2017 Astros it was the last time Keuchel played uh, it's just it's weird so maybe it's, he would buy the bag strategy. of beard he'd buy the yeah. bag of beard hair though is where I'm going with this yeah it's a bold strategy Cotton let's see if it works for him. <laughs> um where was I gonna go I was gonna go to pick the click next. Vincenzo. Ah. Uh, Vinny actually won last week because he picked, you guessed it, Dylan Cease. So automatically, Vinny, because of this, you win. And um, you get first pick uh, at the pick to click this week. Yeah. So now I'm 2-1. and one. I should be 3-0. and um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Are you? well no but also yes um you know everybody has their opinion some of them stink no i'm just kidding um (laughs) i'm gonna go in a similar route it worked for me last time um i'm gonna take lucas giolito pitchers if they pitch twice have a chance to win pick the click they have two good starts and i think that's a little more likely than some players just having outstanding weeks so I'm going to pick Giolito. He faces the Cubs tomorrow. Um, 
and he's going up against Drew Smiley. So the pressure might be off. They might have a six to nothing lead by the time he even steps on the mound. And that's what I'm hoping for. Go Lucas Giolito. I love Italians. There you go. Get some Gio. There's a great Italian place in Bridgeport called Gio's Italian Deli, if you have not been. Ooh, go I have not it. been, but I would love go to. Go check it out. They, yeah. they, got a good, they got a good spicy Italian sub in there, amongst Ooh. other things. Right. Got the hot capicole and all that stuff. Yeah. I love capicole. Mm. Some of that gabagoo. Gabagoo. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then, of course, Zim and Gonzo can't be with us tonight, but they made their picks as well. Zim is going to go with Luis Robert riding the hot hand. Uh, Gonzo is going to go with Jose Abreu, the MVP to get things rolling again. And I'm going to go with the guy who led the team in batting average this week and Tim Anderson. So I feel pretty good about that for last pick. So just to recap, I'm going with Timmy. Gonzo's going with Jose. Zim with Luis Robert and Vinny rocking the Louis, Lucas Giolito. We'll see how things go. I'm trying to do the updated uh, standings. I believe, Vinny, that was your second win of the yep. season. Yep. Gonzo so, had one, and then we yep. had one week where nobody won. Yep. So guys, Vinny in the lead, two to one. I'm due. So uh, how about that, TA? Let's get things rolling. Let's get me back on the board. But it'll be tough to beat Giolito this week. I love that pick, Vinny. Yeah. I, I like the pick. I, I wouldn't mind winning because it would mean the Sox probably took a game from the Cubs early um, and from Boston. Um, if I had to pick who wins, you're going to be shocked to hear me say this. If I got to pick who won, I would choose Gonzo. I would love nothing more than to see Jose Abreu go off. Like I agree. He's been okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't need okay from Jose Abreu. I need excellent. And I believe he will be excellent. He, this happens every year. There's only one year Abreu was outstanding in April. It was his rookie year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing when he finally heats it up. So if I don't win, I hope it's Gonzo for the sake of who he picked. Yeah, I hate to agree with you, but I would love to see Jose get things going this week yeah. too. And well, imagine playing at Wrigley. Right after, yeah, he loves playing at Wrigley. Imagine if right after Robert and – Anderson, red hot Abreu's in in the box. Like few teams can match that. The Dodgers, the Yankees, with Rizzo, Stanton, and Judge. Um, I don't know. I I need Abreu going well. We all do. When 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 Abreu's going, this team gets on a hot streak, and I feel like that's what we need right now. So let's go, Pito. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Have your daughter braid your beard again. I mean, that's the cool stuff when you give the little red and yellow rubber bands i believe that's his daughter or his kids but yeah and that's another thing that used to make me so angry when people would get mad at like a dude drinking his beer on the couch pissed that abreu had kind of an ugly looking goatee going like dude his daughter did it like what do you care he yeah. baseballs let the guy do what he does let him do his thing he's, he's an mvp of the league so no yeah. worries but Vinny, we're gonna hop into our last segment of the show we're going to talk about a a hot topic and this is one that i've seen all over twitter today and this week's guaranteed take yay 
Yay or nay, Vinny? Uh, we've seen it all over Twitter today. I'm still bopping to the music. It's got me feeling good. But Robinson Cano today was designated for assignment by the New York Mets. Should the White Sox sign him? I've seen people all over Twitter lobbying for both sides of the fence. We know he's not the player he once was, but what are your thoughts on Robbie Cano? Would you like my answer in just typical conversation language, or would you rather me harmonize it? Both. No. Please (laughs) do not go after Robinson Cano. The last thing the White Sox need right now is another version of um, a LaRoche or a Dunn. You know, the only Manny thing Ramirez. that don't, yeah, Manny <laughs> Japani Ramirez. I actually like having Manny <laughs> Ramirez just because, um, like I liked Manny Ramirez. So seeing him in a White Sox uniform on a team that stunk was kind of fun. Um, and Ken Griffey Jr. served a purpose, so I exclude both of them. But like for the most part, with the White Sox, like signing these like old guys who are just done. No, I do not want them to go after Robinson Cano. I would rather watch Danny Mendick try to get something going with his offense, or I would rather watch, you know, any young guy come up and try and develop, keep Berger on the roster, you know, keep, keep trying to get sheets going. I would rather any of that than to watch another designated hitter old guy come onto this team. There's a reason that Stephen Cohen, who has more money than God, cut him. Like he just doesn't care. He, to pay him $20 million to go play for someone else. And when a team like that, who's, what are they, 15 and 8 now, top of the ALE, or NL East division, and they, they were like, all right, see you, pal. Not the guy you want on a championship team. I'm a, I'm a hard no on that. Not even a soft no, a hard no. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, but I, I, I kind of see how it could potentially work. But that's mm-hmm. one of those scenarios that it's like everything would have to fall correctly. Um, I believe Robbie Cano is a Cuban player as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he has that Cuban connection too. So, you know, he could kind of get along with all the guys. But, you know, I don't I don't see it being a fit. But then again, like Tony La has got his own mindset. And to me, Robbie Cano is like a Tony La Russa kind of player. I could see myself seeing Tony sitting at home right now, sipping on a rum and coke just like rubbing his chin thinking about it you know i just i don't think it's going to happen but i think tony's going to think about it you know i don't even slightly disagree with you and if it was him or, or Leary garcia i'd probably pick him but my real honest they just, answer they was, just paid Leary though yeah i mean which that handcuffs them they're never going to pay somebody to play for somebody else like you don't like Leary garcia too bad for you yeah not um, on jerry's world yeah, but he would certainly fit the culture. I have nothing against Robinson Cano. I, I like the guy. He's the first guy who ever left the Yankees in free agency. That's something that doesn't get talked about as much. A guy yeah, said, I'm going to go take money for somebody else, not the New York Yankees. Usually Seattle loses guys to the Yankees in free agency. Yankee fans finally got to feel what it was like to have their hearts ripped out of a guy going to some other team instead of them. So, and I don't even hate the Yankees. This is probably actually the most likable Yankee team that we've had in a long time because the Aaron judge story, and he's going to do so well for them this year and then leave like, you know, 
I don't know. I don't hate the Yankees this year. We'll see if I hate them again in a month. But um, Cano did that and doesn't get talked about enough. But, hey, if it happens, it happens. But if it were up to me, I'd rather see the younger, more fruitful guys have a chance. Yeah, I'm with you there, Vin. Um, I tell you what, though. I could I could see it happening though. I, I'm I'm going back and forth. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. I well, he's don't gonna go somewhere and he's gonna pick a good team if he's smart. And so he's, the White Sox we all know he's smart. Team. Yeah. The White Sox are a good team, whether people want to believe it or not. Um all you gotta do is look at the trends to realize it. Um yeah, I mean it could happen. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I just don't know if I in particular would want it. But then here's the thing. If he signs, I'm going to start tweeting videos of him putting balls on Mars and telling people that I'm excited to have him in the middle of the White Sox lineup. So I could easily be persuaded is basically where I'm going with that. Persuaded, baby. Uh, but no, I, I I I don't think it's a fit personally. But if it happens, I think it's a Tony La Russa thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Our buddy Gabe has just joined the show. What's up, Gabe, a.k.a. Rocky? What's going on, Gabe? Gabriel, should the White Sox sign uh, Robinson, Robinson Cano? I gotta yeah. know your ta- I gotta know your take on this. Let us. Know I want to know. Year. I want to know Gabe's take on that, and I want to hear his recent thoughts on Leary Garcia. And shout out to Gabe; he was on the Jumbotron today. Let's go, Gabe. Man, this guy is a superstar. He's a superstar at Guaranteed Rayfield. Everybody knows this guy, dude. I mean, Bearstown nineteen. I mean, you gotta. I mean, Gabriel is the man, and he likes me to call him Rocky, so I try to make sure I call him Rocky all the time. But Gabriel, we got to catch, we got to get a, a drink and some food at Chai Sox Bar and Grill soon. Maybe you, Ooh, me, and Justin and, and Vinny can meet up at, at one of these days. That's where I met Gabe for the first time with Chai Sox Bar and Grill. W- weren't you with me? Yeah, I was with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and then, then Justin was right there, and I didn't know him at the time. That's news to me. Didn't know he that. was sitting right next to us. Vinny. That, that's comedy. Well, I met Justin in person a couple of weeks ago at the game. He was with Gabe, so I met Gabe a second time, and then Justin was right there with him. Um, he told my girlfriend that she is the luckiest woman in the world, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? It's about damn time someone reminds her of that. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, when they had me on their show this week. Yeah, yeah. Why would you put that comment on the screen again? Because it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. I went on Bad Guy Radio this week, and they were outstanding. Although that complete clown show, Kenwo, evaded me. His kid at baseball practice. Kenwo, I'm right here, pal. I'm right here, Kenwo. No, maybe we'll have Ken Wall on this show at some point. Well, I would love to. I'm just kidding. I love the guy. His takes are hilarious. I'm still waiting for him to follow me back, though. He only follows 500 people at a time. Like, in order to follow me, he's got to unfollow someone else. So I'm waiting for him to unfollow someone South and give Burp me a Sitman. follow. He follows, he follows South Perp Sitman. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna block him from that block him from that account. <laughs> and then it'll, it'll be a 499. He'll have to follow me. I'm gonna be like Vinny. I'm like, why? Why can't I access Ken Will's profile? Because <laughs> I blocked him, dude. <laughs> yeah, I want him to follow me. Getting the Fab 500, I think he calls it. He has. I don't remember. It's the Fab 500. That that might just be my hockey brain from the Fab Five. But 
I don't know. Kenwell, he's an interesting guy. I like his takes. I respect his takes. Absolutely. Yeah, that was fun having Justin on the show. But cool cool thing you're on Bad Guy Radio. Yeah, go check that episode out. That's awesome. But uh, Gabe, if you're still there, get us your takes. But I know this next, our last parting segment is a fun one today. And I know it's one Gabriel's going to have an opinion on. But we're going to talk about some of our favorite uh, themed nights at the ballpark. Because uh, there are quite a few of them. I know Alyssa named a few when she was on the show. But, you know, Vinny, what what are some of your favorite nights at the ballpark? Because theme nights, the White Sox do theme nights better than pretty much anyone else in professional sports, in my opinion. Yeah, I love theme nights. Um, there are a couple that stick out to me. Um, my favorite three things in the world, besides family and friends, are sports, music, and entertainment, like movies, yeah. like, you know, I love all that stuff. Um, so I, I think there's a couple from each category that stick out to me. Michael Kopech's MLB debut. I was there in 2018. It was, too. Black, it was Blackhawks night and Alex. And Debrinkit, it was, it was Blackhawks night and Game of Thrones night. Yes. Yes. You're right. It was Game of Thrones night. Maybe, maybe, maybe I have it confused. It was Game of Thrones night. I was going to bring that up too. I love Game of Thrones except for the final episode. Um, I, I remember Alex Debrinket throughout the first pitch. So maybe it wasn't Blackhawks night. They had to pick the Blackhawks logo on the Jumbotron and Debrinket throughout the first pitch. But yeah, I remember Game of Thrones night. They had like a throne, like a throne. Uh, yes. Model in left field. Yeah. In left field. I remember that. And I hadn't watched Game of Thrones at that point in time yet. Since then, I have seen every episode and I love it. Um, Star Wars night sticks out. I've been to a couple Star Wars nights. They got people who cosplay Ray or Leia or Han, all, all, all the goats. Um and you know, so shout out that there's Alyssa dressed up as Ray. She actually did. I don't know who did her hair there, but whoever did it must have been looking at a picture of Ray on point. Yeah, they literally did it perfectly for her. So that's an outstanding com- uh, outfit right there. Um, I'm trying. Oh, I was gonna say rock and roll night, Elvis night, and country night. I don't even like country. I, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say I don't like country. I like country, but I'm not like a country stan. But for, there's something about country music with a group of people. That is just outstanding. And um, yeah, I enjoyed those nights a lot. So any of the music-themed nights, um, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, any of the nerdy movie stuff. Oh, I would love Superhero Night. I've never been to a Superhero Night, though. Uh, the MCU is my number one favorite movie franchise ever, Marvel Cinematic Universe, for those who don't know. Um, that's all my favorite. So I'm a good. I'm good for a good themed night. There you go, man. That's good stuff. And there's a there's the Captain Paul Canerco bobblehead that's going to be on the Fourth of July. Speaking of superheroes, <laughs> I've never been to a Fourth of July game, and I have a feeling it's going to evade me again this year. I really want to try and get that bobblehead some way somehow, though. I would almost rather that than the hockey jersey. I think if I got to pick yeah. one, I would pick the um, Paul Canerco Captain America one. I'm being serious. That's pretty slick. This one's pretty tight too. Yeah, that's a good one. The giveaway, man. Did you see some of these pictures from the lines? No, I did not. There was a line at gate three from the start of the gate all the way back to the fence and wrapped around. And it's like a thick I believe it. It was unbelievable. For the jerseys? For the hockey jersey and whatever they gave away yesterday. There was like a crew neck yesterday. The crew neck, yes, yes. It was the crew neck. My brother missed it. 
0-2 at giveaways this year. Vince says the jersey was nice, but the material is not great. I heard that. I heard that. It looks super thin from what I've seen. It's definitely not like a hockey sweater. It's like it, it's like a hockey practice sweater. Like one of those ones you would use for stick and puck for those of you who play hockey. Um, when you do stick and puck or practice, that's what the jersey reminded me of. Yeah, there you go. And you know, some some highlights for me. You know, fireworks nights are always great. I think it's every Friday night game. They usually have fireworks. And these are right off the White Sox website, so I apologize for them being blurry, but, you know, right straight from the source. Um, I'm also, Vinny, this is the unsung theme night of the year, Polish Heritage Night. Ooh. I don't know if you've been to Polish Heritage Night. I have actually been to a Polish Heritage Night. They, they set up in left field a little tent, and they've got, like, these old Polish ladies making, like, pierogies. Yep. And like sauerkraut and stuff, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. And then all the bars in the stadium for that day only carry a special Polish beer. I I cannot think of the name off the top of my head. I could probably not pronounce it either. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Polish Heritage Night, solid, solid. That's outstanding. I was at. I don't remember. Did they call it Mexican Heritage Night or Spanish Heritage Night? I was Hispa- at that Hispanic, one. Hispanic, Hispanic oh, Heritage. Oh, Hispanic Heritage. That's the one where I gave you the bobblehead. You hooked it up with the tickets, and I gave you the bobblehead. The I was at Irish Irish Pride Night last year, and I was at the Polish one. I did not get to the Italian one. Go figure. Yeah, right. Funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, what's it called? What was I going to say? Um, Heck, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting a bit. Oh, halfway to St. Patrick's Day. That's a big one too. Oh, halfway. What what day is it? Late. It's got to be late in the season. Right? It's usually late in July. I think July or August. Oh, no, okay. wait. Or do they have it on a not actual halfway to St. Patrick's Day? Is what I'm thinking. They do like, it as close as they can. They usually put it on a weekend so people come out and drink. Yeah. Socks crawl. You have, I know you have that hat laying around somewhere. I have it laying on my head. Man, I couldn't have planned that out any better. <laughs> yeah, I was there last year against the Boston Red Sox. I would like to go again this year. You know what's funny? This hat's a collector's item. It says 2020, even though they gave it away in 2021. It, these things were just sitting in a box during COVID. For a year, tell. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have inside an inside source telling me the half, halfway to St. Patrick's Day is in, in September. So, Okay. Maybe go. maybe someone who could serve us a couple cervezas if we go to that game. Yeah, yeah. And then you take a little <laughs> green, they take the green dye on those days, and they dye all the beer green. And then your tongue you and and not only your tongue, but your everything that comes out of your body will be green yep. as well. Yep. So been there. Don't be surprised. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with you. Well, something might be wrong with you, but not because of that. I was going to say I I can't promise that part of it, but no, Vinny. I, but for me, the the VIP winner. Of um, of course, I got the wrong thing up. How do I get it back? Uh, the winner of all theme nights for me, and these this is a video I found on Facebook from Deborah Paulson Photography, is Elvis Night for me is the winner of like the greatest theme night. Um, let's see if I can find some photos here. They have the guys that parachute in, you know, the Elvises parachute in before and then after during the game, and of course, let's see if I can find some guys. You got Elvis everywhere. You got impersonators. They have a concert after the show. Doug Church, one of the best uh, Elvis impersonators, usually does a concert. 
they Photoshop players on the screen wearing like Elvis outfits. You know, for me, Elvis night is just the king of all themed nights. Um, I don't know if any of you ever been to an Elvis night. I have not. My friend Dylan, who you've met. Yeah, Dylan. He loves Elvis night. I believe last year they were playing the Guardians. It was the first game that Kimbrell ever appeared in with the White Sox, I believe. And he went last year and I couldn't make, but I, I really want to go to Elvis night this year. I've never been, and I tell them every year I'm going to, and then something comes up where I can't. I'm going to really put an effort into getting to Elvis Night with them this year. Maybe we could get a little group going. I, I would like to see Elvis Night for, for the first time. I love Elvis. I'm not like a super Elvis fan. I'm like a 7.1 out of 10 Elvis fan, but I would love That's to right. go. I would love to go to Elvis Night. The music's fantastic, and nothing better than music and baseball. That's right. I'm trying to pull it up over here so I can have it. It's August 26th. It's a Friday night against the Diamondbacks. Ooh, so a winnable game, too. <laughs> winnable game. It's Elvis night. And then, of course, they have a post-game fire, fireworks spectacular set to the tunes of Elvis Presley. They usually have a, a post-game concert with an impersonator. So if you go, you got to make sure you stay for the end because they also have guys, they have Elvis's parachute in after the game at night. And uh, oh, that's it's just cool. all around a good time. They usually yeah. sell wigs and glasses in the park, and it's a great time to pull out your Elvis romper if you got one, Vinny. I'm not above dressing like Elvis. What do I look like? I mean, we we're both like olive skinned dudes with dark hair. I could pull off being an Elvis impersonator. I got to work on my lip curl a little bit, though. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. much. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's all right, baby. Um, I know. I'm, I'm here all night. Uh, we've we've reached the, the end of the marathon of this episode, but I tell you what, Vinny, it's been a blast. Ashlyn Carmella joined us, the, the better half of Jake Berger, talking about the life of the spouse of a major league ball player. She's a CEO of her own company in real estate. I mean, she's just living life on all aspects. Uh, so great of her to give us so much time and insight into Jake and, and her relationship. We got how they met, which I thought was hilarious. Um, make sure if you didn't catch it, go back, check out the pod or check out the live video stream that's here on YouTube or anywhere, Twitter. If you watch us, it's there. Um, cannot forget that there's all tons of great content coming up on the Barroom Network this week, Vinny. You've got Crosstown Crosstalk. You got Bardown Blackhawks. Greg Gabriel talked Bears earlier today. There's been draft coverage all week here on the Barroom Network. Mike North, you got all these great shows. I, we had the Double A team on before us. I know I'm forgetting the show somewhere. I apologize. My brain's just all over the place. There's so many um, names. There's just so many shows, so little time. And, uh, you know, just make sure you tune in, subscribe, like us, follow the podcast. Anywhere you get a podcast, follow us on YouTube, subscribe. You name it. We appreciate it. And we most of all thank everyone in the chat room for hanging out with us all night. It's been absolutely fantastic. Vincenzo, before we get out of here, you know, give us a little shout out and, you know, talk about, you know, whatever your final thoughts are for the evening. Yeah. So my final thoughts kind of coincide with my shout outs a little bit. The Chicago White Sox are getting ready to play the Chicago Cubs in the Crosstown Classic. So my girlfriend, right. Caitlin, is a diehard Cubs fan. I'm not going easy on her. I'm I'm not. I'm the White He's Sox are playing the Clubs. I hope they smoke them. And it's gonna be really fun. 
we'll see if she's nice to me by the end of the week. But shout out her. Appreciate her for everything. In all seriousness, I'm not going to be mean at all, um, even though I do want the White Sox to win every game 16-0. to zero. Um, yeah. So shout out to her. I love you very much. Um, my mom, dad, brother, thank you all, as always, for the support. Um, it's Teacher Appreciation Week. Amen and um, Katie's sister, Megan, Megan Henley, she just celebrated a birthday on Friday. So, of course, I'm going to give her a shout out. It was a spectacular birthday for her. I hope she had the time of her life celebrating. And she's a teacher of special education. So, of course, I will give her a shout out for, you know, being a teacher and being a very good teacher and putting your whole heart and soul into it. It's not very easy to do. And then, of course, all the other teachers that are in my life, there are way too many to name. I actually am related to a lot of teachers. I don't know why. But there are a couple teachers in my life. But because it coincides with her birthday, she gets the shout out this week. Happy birthday, Megan. Happy birthday, Megan, from Vinny and the whole South Burbs Hitman crew at the Barroom Network. So happy, happy, happy birthday. Circling things back to me for shout outs. Of course, I want to shout out our amazing guest, Ashlyn Carmella. Absolute dynamite interview. So much fun. An absolute joy to have on the show. So Looking forward to having her back again with Jake Berger. She said she would come back with Jake. Uh, cannot wait for that. Uh, chat room, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, my White Sox brother in arms, Vinny Parisi, appreciate you, my brother, always doing the show and the put on your socks every day, which uh, has been a huge success for us. That's fantastic. Uh, it's a great idea, and you know we're, we're working on it. It's been a ton of fun, so thank you. Um, just great having you on the team, my brother. I appreciate it. Likewise to you. I can't thank you enough for bringing me in. And, you know, it still feels weird, like, being a part of this show because I joined late. But, hey, it's a lot of fun. Um, I hope I get to talk about a couple more wins going forward with those Put On Your Socks. I'm going to be a little rambunctious in tomorrow's. For those who watch Put On Your Socks, tomorrow's is going to be Fired Up Vinny because I'm going to record it right after this show. And I'm fired up for White Sox versus Cubs. And I also want to give a shout out to that complete Muppet, Joey Parisi, for thinking that the Toronto Maple Leafs are a bad hockey team. What a joke you are, Joe. What a complete joke thinking the Leafs aren't going to just dummy the Tampa Bay Lightning. They won 5 nothing tonight. Go, Leafs, go. He's talking about his brother, Joe, by the way. Yeah, not you. My brother, Joey Parisi, the complete Muppet that he is, talking all the game about the Toronto Maple Leafs all year long on Bar Down Talking Hockey right here on the Barroom Network. If you don't tune in for Bar Down Talking Hockey on Wednesday, I don't know what to tell you because I'm going to be even more fired up on that show than I am right now. I want the Leafs to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning so bad I want Joey to cry about it. I love it. I love it. Make sure you tune in. Don't miss that. And uh, which Muppet is Joey? Is he like the Swedish chef? Is he the beaker guy that blows himself up? Who? Which Muppet is he? They invented a totally new douche Muppet just for him. Wow. The douche Muppet himself, Joey Parisi. That's <laughs> he, what knows you I, he knows I love him. I just want his – I root for the Bruins for him. But outside of the Bruins, I want, I want, the, Leafs to, I want the Leafs to prove him wrong. Go Leafs. And Frankie's a Muppet, too, because he said the same thing about the Leafs. Hey, you know, well, time will tell. I'd like to see how that plays out. On this week's Bard on Blackhawks, tune in with Vinny Parisi, Joey Parisi, and Frankie I know Frankie. I don't know his last name. Mueller. Got it. Tune in. Don't miss it. Um, circling back to my shout-outs, of course, always a sh- shout-out to my beautiful wife, Catherine, 
I love you. Same thing with my my baby girl, three-month-old Audrey. I love you. And my two-year-old Great Dane pup. Well, he's not a pup anymore, but he thinks he is. Uh, Maverick, I love you, buddy. I know you're outside my door. I'll be out there to let you out here in just a few <laughs> minutes. Um, and pretty much anyone else who's ever tuned into this show or given us any support, it means the world. Uh, having that support behind us, I know Vinny can speak for this as well. Having support for what we do is the biggest reason that we do what we do. So thank you for that. For anyone, if it's family, if it's friends, if it's just people that tuned in and like the show, we appreciate you. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about it. Without family and friends supporting, there was a point where those were the only people watching and reading my stuff. And you're, and I'm sure you feel the same way. There's a point exactly where only the family. So if the family and friends tune in enough, then other people start to catch on and stuff like that. So it's impossible to grow without all you guys from both of our families to you. That's exactly right. So we appreciate you all. And uh, one last shout out to to Zim and Gonzo. We know you guys couldn't be with us tonight, but we, we appreciate you guys always. And uh, Gonzo Breaking News will be joining us again on the show starting May 16th. So Gonzo will be back soon. And I could actually report that we have a guest for that day. We'll tease it briefly before we get out of here. Uh, I'm checking my calendar to make sure that that is correct. Yes, it is correct. Uh, May 16th, we'll have Missy Carroll from Southside Behavior joining us on the show. Uh, If you've not seen her account on Twitter or on TikTok, Absolutely hilarious stuff, especially for White Sox fans. Go check it out, and she'll be with us on the show May 16th when Gonzo comes back. Um, so that's what I got for tease. We're going to get out of here. Vinny, thank you as always, bud. For the South Burbs Hitmen, I'm Joe Mandel. This guy over here is this guy over here is Vinny Parisi. And the two gentlemen that are not here, Gonzo and Zim, uh, we always appreciate you. Let's go down to Wrigley and kick some Cubs ass. And let's go down to the East Coast and and take it up, take it on up to Boston and, and take kick some tail over there too. Let's go, White Sox. Let's win some games. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go, White Sox.